Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Isaiah 32, 15 through 18. Until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet, resting places. I want you to notice something. The Spirit is poured out on the wilderness, and it becomes something else. The Spirit is poured out on the wilderness, and it becomes a fruitful field and then a forest. The people of the Lord will dwell in what used to be a wilderness, but now is a fruitful field, in peace, secure dwellings, resting places, where it looks as if it was a struggle. When the Spirit is poured out on that place, that place becomes a place totally different than it was originally. And today I'd like to preach a message, do a little Bible study, try to walk you into what I have felt for this service, in a message entitled, Change in Place. Change in Place. Say that with me. Change in Place. So I want to say a prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your word. I pray, God, that you would anoint me to speak please, and anoint us to hear, we ask you, Lord, make a difference in our lives today. Encourage us. Let faith come. And Father, may your spirit be poured out in abundance. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When we're experiencing tough times, often we want to blame the tough times on the place that we are in. We want to get out of that place. We want to leave that place and find a better place. We want to escape the tough times, and we think we can do so by leaving the place where the tough times are taking place. And so we, we think like this, if I can just get out of this place, I'll quit hurting, struggling, feeling the pressure. It's like we want to file situational chapter 7 and just bail out of the tough situations. We're thinking, if I can just get out of this place, I'll get rid of the trouble. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When your job gets tough, you think, if I only had a better job, if I could find myself a better job. When, When your marriage is having struggles, Some of us, you know, we're thinking, man, if I could just find the the perfect spouse who understands me. Are you kidding me? Some of us, when our our church is in a lurch, we've daydreamed, I'll just find a better church. I'll find a perfect church, and then I'll go there, and you know the rest. You'll mess it up. I want to tell you something. It may not be your job. It may not be your spouse. It may not be your church that needs to change. It may be you 
that needs to change, and you need to change right where you are. God is wanting you to stay right where you are. He's wanting to change you in place. Not a change in location, not a change in scenery, but for you to change in place right where you are. Somebody say, stay. Years ago, we were planting a church in Maryland, and I'll never forget it. Charlie Curry gave us some of the best advice. I've shared it with you. But he just said, if you want to successfully start a church, Donovan and Valerie, here's what you need to do. Just go and stay. Just stay. Just stay in the same place. Somebody say, change in place. Instead of dreaming of leaving where you are, why don't you start dreaming of God changing you right where you are? Right where you are. I know some of you, that's not what you want to hear. You want the easy way out. If I can just change locations, get out of this bind that I'm in, then everything's going to be all right. Well, the people of Israel and Judah, they, had, uh, they were in a bind. They were in a bad place. Now, they had forgotten whose they were, and they for, had forgotten who they were. They forgot who they belonged to and what he had done in their lives. And they needed to be woke up. First Chronicles 5.26 says this. So the God of Israel, th- this is a, I, I, I can't stand this scripture right here, y'all. I'm just going to tell you right now. I love the Bible, but I struggle with these scriptures. Listen to this. I'm just being honest with you. So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pool, king of Assyria, the spirit of Tiglath-Pilesar, king of Assyria, and he took them into exile, namely the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and brought them to Halah, Habar, Harah, and the river Gozan to this day. And there are two things I'd like to point out. Number one, God stirred up Assyria to come against the people of God. Assyria was a sworn enemy of the people of God. And God stirred up the king of Assyria to come against Israel. Why? To help wake up the people of God. They were asleep, y'all. And so God stirred up King Pool and Tiglath-Pilesar To get the people of God's attention. God moves his plans and purposes forward through people. Through his people. Through us. Everybody say me. That's that's you and me. God moves his plans and purposes forward through us. And, And when the convicting power of the word and the Holy Ghost aren't enough to get through. God knows how to stir up some stuff that gets our attention where it needs to be. Can I get an amen? Uh, these scriptures, they disturb me. They, they just disturb me. And, and God, God, if he did that for Israel, he could do that today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm just saying. I mean, God stirred up these enemies to provoke and to wake up, to stir up the people of God. The, the people of Israel had already laid down their shields of faith. I mean, they had, faith comes by hearing the word. They had already laid that down and stepped out of that protection. They were exposed. They were vulnerable. They they were susceptible to, to trouble. So that's the first thing we need to point out. God stirred up these people to come against them. Second thing, the first ones that were captured by the Assyrians were the Reubenites and the Gadites. 
These were the ones who chose to stay on the west side. West, right? I can't do it. The west side. The west side of the Jordan River. They preferred to live on the wilderness side rather than on the promised land side. So these people were not the all-inners. They were, they were the I don't want to be too fanatical types. We'll just stay over here rather than cross over. They were the ones who, you know, church experts call them creasters, right? Christmas and Easter Christians, the, the creasters. These, these were the ones that think that thought mid, midweek doesn't matter. Uh, first Monday prayer doesn't matter. Oh, my, what am I saying? It's not even in my notes right there. But they, they didn't spend time in prayer. They wouldn't humble themselves in, in praise and worship before the Lord. And so they were the first ones to fall. They were the most susceptible and the most vulnerable. They, they were the ones that, that the, the preaching of the word didn't stir them, didn't shake them. They didn't respond to that. So the Lord stirred something else up that would get their attention. Nearly 20 years later, the capital city of Samaria was overtaken by the Assyrians under another guy. And, and they were forced to pay tributes and they, they refused to do so. The city was laid siege. It was a three-year siege. You can see the story in 2 Kings 17, 5 through 6. It notes this. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, and he carried the Israelites away to Assyria and placed them in Halah, the, all those places. The Lord, Listen, the Lord had warned his people from the time of Moses that, that if you don't straighten up, there's going to be trouble. 2 Kings 17, 13, listen to this. Yet the Lord warned Israel and Judah by every prophet and every seer. So God had tried to awaken his people through the preaching of the word, to, uh, through the warnings of the, of the prophets, trying to wake them up, including the two heavy hitters, Elijah and Elisha. But the people of the book were not living by the teachings of that book. Listen to this, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this, but this is fascinating to me. Listen to 2 Kings 17, 15 through 17. They despised, the people of God, despised his statutes and his covenant. They despised his word that, that he had made with their fathers and the warnings that he gave them. They despised them. Despised them. They went after false idols and became false. They followed the nations that were around them concerning whom the Lord had commanded them that they should not do like them. And they abandoned all the commandments of the Lord their God and made for themselves metal images of two calves. And they made an Asherah and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. They burned their sons and daughters as offerings and used divination and omens and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. They were called to be a separate people. But they wanted to be just like everybody else. So they traded the true for the false. True godliness with the power of God to a form of godliness with no power. Just demonic conjurings up. And they had this insufferable, blatant disregard for the next generation. And you see that in the, in the sense that they killed their own children and babies. They wanted no restraints from the word on their flesh. They were out of control, and they refused to live up to God's expectations. And, and we have a record of God's expectations. Micah 6, 8 puts it like this, to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. George Grant calls this the Micah mandate. I love that. 
But that's not how Israel lived. 2 Kings 17, 18 says, Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. None was left but the tribe of Judah only. So here you have a remnant in the north, but, but overall the nation of Israel came under Assyrian rule and tens of thousands were deported and, and, and things became a mess. As a matter of fact, as a result of this, you have what is called in the ministry of Jesus the Samaritans. Because th these tribes were not lost, but they intermarried and it became a massive problem. And, and here's where I want to go with this. Neither Israel in the north nor Judah in the south were where they needed to be with the Lord. And so it started with Assyria invading Israel and then Babylon invading Judah. And, and because of this invasion, Israel in the north, it started with them and then Judah in the south. But there was tremendous social disruption and severe economic trouble. Can I tell you something, folks? Our nation, we've got an election coming up on Tuesday. And never in my lifetime, I'm 54 years old, and never in my lifetime have I seen such disruption and division in this nation. An identity crisis as to who we really are. Was our founding a good founding or a bad founding? Was it founded on scripture or not? Partially or not? Such division, such trouble in our nation and who we are. And I want to tell you something. To me, that didn't start, I don't even think, in lower or higher education. But it started with an identity crisis in the church. And it started with a church that said, I don't want to live up to your statutes. I want to do what's right in my own eyes. I want to be like the world around me. I don't like these distinctions and separations that make me different. I want to be like everybody else. And as a result, the church had a breakdown. And now our nation has a breakdown. It's been disrupted. There's so much trouble and chaos. And what we need, folks, is an apostolic revival to take the church by storm. Somebody give it praise. And the children of Israel, God used tough times, social and economic upheaval to wake up the people of God. And notice how it started. Verse 14 says this, and the people of God mourned for the pleasant fields and the fruitful vine. They moved, they mourned for happier times. They moved, mourned for blessing and the favor of God that seemed to be absent. If my people who are called by my name, that comes after. And if I shut up the windows, if I shut up the heavens, but if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. They cried out to God. They repented. They humbled themselves. And they did all of this right where they were. They changed in place. I, I, I would admonish you, pray and vote. And I don't care who wins. I'm not one of those guys that says, well, if so-and-so wins, I'm moving 
out of the country. I believe God can change me no matter who wins right here in this place. Because I believe I've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I believe you have too. I believe God's raised up this church, these believers, every single one of you. You can say, man, I wish I would have been serving God back you know, in the 50s and 60s or in the 40s and uh, whatever. You can try to go back in time and say, I wish I was there. But you're not. You're here, right here. Right now, and I don't think it's an accident. I think it's by design. God's got a plan and a purpose for his church. You're part of that church. God wants to do something in you. Don't get discouraged, believer. Don't get discouraged, beloved. Put your trust and your hope in him and let him change you right here in the middle of this place. In this place. You can change in place. A change of place is not the same as a change in place. They changed in place. Notice verse 15 of our reading. The Spirit is poured out until the Spirit is poured out poured upon us from on high. Notice, though, the indication is this. This is from our reading. Until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high in that place. And the wilderness of that place becomes a fruitful field, that same place. And the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Same place. Same place. God used the invasion of Assyria, the tough times, and the humbling mourning of the people to prepare them to receive an outpouring of His Spirit that changed everything. And it was only the Spirit of God that could make such a difference. The tough times would last until the Spirit was poured out in that place. So they had to humble themselves, and then the Spirit was poured out in that place. And it was only by the pouring out of the Spirit. I want to tell you something, church. We've, we've, we've not made enough room for the Holy Ghost in, in church in, in modern times. We've got to make room for a moving of the Spirit of God. It is only as He pours out His Spirit that the wilderness can become a fruitful place and that the, a barren church can become a fruitful church and that a, a non-soul winning church can start winning souls and that the, the, the blind can see and the lame can walk and the dumb can speak. It's only through a pouring out of, a, of the Spirit we have to have that in this place. And it was poured out. Notice the Holy Ghost was poured out. Not just a few drops of mercy and blessing, but God wanted to pour out of His Spirit on all flesh. It came from on high. It didn't come from within men's efforts. It came from on high in that place. And then the wilderness became a fruitful land. And that fruitful field became a forest, a fruitful place that was multiplying over and over again. I want to tell you something. Let me just bring it personal again. God wants to do something in your current situation right where you are. Right where you are. Right in place. In this place. In the place that you are at. He's going to bring about a change in that place. In your home. In your marriage. In your finances. On your job. In this church. Somebody, you need to hear what I'm saying. You need to stay in place. Because God can change you right where you are and then begin to change everything about where you are. I was reminded of the story as I was preparing this of Ziklag. Ziklag is a story found in 1 Samuel 30. And you may be familiar with this story. It's where David 
had kind of set up a base. And he went from Ziklag into other places and, and did war, fulfilled the will of God in his, in his life. The Bible says in the book of Acts that David, after he had served God, served his generation by the will of God, he fell on sleep. So he was serving his generation by the will of God from Ziklag. And, and it was a base for him. It was a place of peace and rest. And he had his family there and his men had their families in Ziklag. It had been a gift to him. I believe it was from Achish the king. And, and, and David was there. And, and, and when he went out one day to do, to do some battle, the Amalekites came against Ziklag. And they stole everything that David had. And David and his men came back from battle. And they saw smoke rising up. And the city of Ziklag had been destroyed and their families were missing. They were gone. Can you imagine? You know, you're out doing the will of God. You come back and your family's all messed up. It was like harmonious. Everything was great. And then all of a sudden, the, the enemy has come in and, and taken it all away. And David and his men were heartbroken. The Bible says they grieved. They mourned so much so they became violent. They wanted to kill David. His men wanted to kill him. And they loved him. But they were so distraught and so messed up over the loss at Ziklag. And David himself was totally discouraged, completely broken, fell apart. And the Bible says that David asked for the ephod, the priestly uh, way of seeking the Lord. And he put that ephod on and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Meaning he went back to the, the roots. He went back to the covenant. You remember in our reading they despised, they despised the covenant that the Lord had made with their fathers. David by encouraging himself in the Lord. The phrase in the Lord means he went back to the word. He got in the covenant and he started looking at who he belonged to and what God had made him to be. And he sought the Lord and the Lord said, you need to pursue, you will recover all. And so that place of ultimate defeat became a place of ultimate victory because he got his men together and he said, the Lord has told me we need to go and recover all. We will without fail recover all. And so they went out. And they got everything back that they had lost. Everything back. And what's cool is David didn't say, here's what I think we should do. Let's just leave Ziklag. Ziklag is cursed. Ziklag is a bad place. They got everything back and they stayed in Ziklag. I never thought about this before. They stayed. It had bad memories associated with it. Man, I got a we got a pile of Kleenex we had to burn over here because we were so upset. There's a pile of stones over here that all you, you, you know, you jackrabbits got together because you wanted to stone me and kill me. But they just put that aside and they said, this is where we're supposed to be in Ziklag. For right now, for right here, this, this is it, Ziklag. And they stayed in Ziklag. And then if you go to 2 Samuel chapter 1, you're going to see where Ziklag became a place where one day David's just minding his own business and a messenger comes to him and says, Saul, who has sought to kill you for years because of his jealousy for you, Saul is dead. That enemy that you faced all these years, you'll never face him again. He's gone. And it was a sad day for David because he loved Saul, but Saul put a price on David's head and hunted him like game. And the word came to David at Ziklag that you'll never have to face that enemy ever 
again. I'm going to tell you something. Ziklag means, the wording means, a place of overflow like a fountain. It, it, it's a place where pressure is applied and then there comes an abundance. It's like an oil field. There's an oil field where there's pressure, but there's gold in them, our hills. Black gold. And, and, and if, you can, if, you can, if you can pierce it and get to it, it erupts. And there comes this incredible resource. That's what Ziklag was to David. It was a place of pressure, but it was a place of blessing. 2020 has been a year of Ziklag for a lot of us. But I want to tell you something. I believe it's squeezing some things out of us, releasing some things in us. It's creating an abundance through us. Because we are being changed in place. You want to talk about quarantine. I don't, well, actually, I don't want to talk about quarantine. <laughs> Staying in place. Miserable. You, you have, I told you I bought Evil Knievel toys when I was quarantined online. I just, the algorithm caught me on Facebook. It said, you look like the kind of guy that likes Evil Knievel toys. And I was just like a robot. I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Where do I buy it? And I bought a robot. I like a robot. I bought a, an evil Knievel motorcycle toy. And other things I don't want to talk about. It was just like, it's been a place where we've been locked down and we've lost some things. But I want to tell you, God's wanting us to live from a new reality and a new normal. And there's going to be some victories it's things that you have faced for years because you just stayed in place and didn't lose your faith. God's going to say, now I'm going to reward you with some things you didn't even know I was going to bring during this time. I know you went after those enemies, those Amalekites, and you got back your stuff. But I'm going to bring some victories that you didn't foresee. Things that have haunted you for years and chased you down and always been nipping at your heels. In that place, it's going to become a base of victory. The place where you got bad news consistently, it's going to become a place where you get good news consistently. From that place, dreams you only dreamed about are going to start to come true. And those old enemies that you couldn't defeat, all of a sudden, God's going to say, I got them. I've got some news for you. That enemy has been defeated. You want to see some of that? Would you stand with me right now? Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Say, God, I, I want some victories in this last quarter of 2020. I want some, some victory, Father, in the last 60 days here. I want some victory, Father. I, I, of course, I want the, to get back what the enemy stole. But, God, I believe in, for above and beyond. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, I know I got a little deep in the weeds on Israel and Judah, but I want you to listen to this as I close. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus, you're going to see Jesus arise. He's going to ascend. But before he does, in, in 1 and 8, he tells his followers this. He says, you will be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out in Jerusalem. 
That's the heart of Judea, Judah. And in Judea, that's the rest of Judah. And in Samaria, Jesus said, I needs must go through Samaria. That's Israel, the northern kingdom. He met a woman. He sent that woman, that woman at the well, he sent her back into her city. And she evangelized that city and Samaria. And in Acts chapter 8, Philip went to the city of Samaria, to that area. And when they, listen to this, it says this in Acts 8. When they heard the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And there was this outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Samaria. I don't have time to get into it, but in our reading in Isaiah, that first reading, 32, it starts out by saying a righteous king will come, and then there will come an outpouring. That righteous king, many scholars say, initially referred to Hezekiah in Judah, but ultimately referred to Messiah, Jesus the Christ. The king came, and when they heard the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name Jesus, this king of kings and lord of lords, they were baptized in the name of the Lord, and there was an outpouring of the Spirit in Samaria. In other words, in that place, in Judah, in Israel, the northern, the southern kingdoms, a righteous king came, Jesus, and there was an outpouring of the Spirit. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God wants to do a work in your life right where you are. I used to say this all the time. You don't come to Jesus to get good. You just come to Jesus. Or, or, and you, don't, you, don't, you don't get good to come to Jesus. You don't get good to come to Jesus. You just come to Jesus as you are. I mean, how else can you come to him, really? You really can't get good enough to get Jesus. So you just come to him as you are. Just come in the place that you're at. Just right where you are. Don't change places to get to Jesus. Just right where you are. Just say, here I am. Warts and all. And I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on you. Let me tell you what needs to happen in this service today. Some of you, maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. You've never had an outpouring of the Spirit on your life personally. That is a gift for you from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. It belongs to you. Not to the, just the super spiritual and the super religious. It belongs to you. Upon all flesh, the King has come. Right where you are. And he wants to pour out his spirit. But there's some of us in this house, we need a refreshing in the Holy Ghost. It's been a minute. We've been under some stress and duress. And we need to be encouraged in the Lord. And the Lord's right in this place wanting to pour out his, uh, his spirit on all flesh. Maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's just been a minute. And you just need to get that rest and refreshing that only comes. That's what needs to happen. Are you with me? This is really exciting news because God can turn your wilderness into a fruitful land and the fruitful land into a forest, a place of protection and safety and security in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for Thank your you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.